We are up to our third and final week of the Oasis Vision. Can you tell me what it is? It's Fine Life. Let's try it one more time, everybody. Shout it at me. Is it sinking in yet? (laughs) Good. Fine Life, Grow, Make a Difference. It's our very simple, easy vision. We wanted to make it that way so that everybody would remember that Oasis Church is all about... That's it. We're just going to keep talking about it for the rest of our lives. So today, we've talked about finding life. We've talked about growing. And this week, we're wrapping it all up with making a difference. Make a difference. We are all about making our spirituality simple and practical. We take the life that we found in step one and the growth that we've made in step two and we give back to community in step three. In um, week one, we talked about how your Christianity is a gift for you. It's something that Jesus has given to you but it's also something to give away. And as we mature as Christians, it's not so much about meet my needs. It's about how can I meet others' needs? And um, President Kennedy made a famous speech a number of years ago, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And it's a bit like that. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says, For by grace you've been saved. We've found life through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. It's not a result of work so that no one can boast. But we are his workmanship. We are created in him for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand that we should walk in them. So whenever you serve others in any way, you're actually serving God and fulfilling one of your purposes. It is great news that you were placed on this planet with a special assignment from God himself who thought about you beforehand and decided that you would have a special purpose. Is that encouraging to your soul? That God has thought about you and he has a special assignment for you. The Apostle John taught that our loving service to each other was a a display that we're truly saved. It said in 1 John 3, 14, Our love for each other proves that we have gone from death to life. So the question is, if you have no love for others and no desire to serve others, and you're only concerned about your own needs, we've got to ask the question, in Christ, are you really saved? Because you will want to make a difference, and you will want to serve others, and you will want to walk out in your assignment if Christ is in you. 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received, Whatever God has given you, you should use it to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If you're a good speaker, 
then you should speak the very words from God. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in everything, God will be praised. I've got some famous quotes here for you. A guy, Andy Andrews, he's a self-help writer. He said this, everybody wants to make a difference, but nobody wants to be different. And you simply can't have one without the other. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she's a Christian cognitive neurophysicist. I don't even know what that is. But she said this, if you're in a terrible place and you need help, you can increase your healing by a quite specific 68% if you start helping someone else despite your own need. Jesus said this, whoever wants to become great among you must first be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So how can we make a difference? What can we do in our life that will make a difference? I've got three quick points for you this morning because I know we're running out of time. It's like the story of the lame story of the starfish. I don't know why, I just really don't like that story. Just, I'm just going... Anyway, you know, the starfish end up on the shore because the waves come in and the boy throws one starfish back and he's like, I made a difference for that one when the challenge went out. Well, what can we do? There's a beach full of starfish. But it's true. It's true. We can't do everything, but we must do something. So here's point number one. Point number one this morning, how can I make a difference? This is how. You can identify your sphere of influence. Identify your sphere of influence. 2 Corinthians 10.13 says, We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits. So there are limits that you can boast in. But we will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned us to. And Paul is saying in this that the sphere that the people who were listening to him was included in there. Acts 17.26 says, From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. So we have a sphere, we have boundaries that God has set out for us. And our sphere of influence, everybody, relates to three things and they all start with P. So that makes it easier, right? It's people, it's places and it's passions. So our sphere of influence includes people. Our people is our family. It's the first people that God has called us to. Your family have got to come first. It's our close friends. God has called us to have close friends. And then thirdly, it's the other people who surround you every day in your workplace, at school, wherever it is that you are. Our places is the places that we primarily find ourselves in. It's our jobs. Maybe it's our homes if we're mums. Maybe it's school. And church is definitely included in that. 
Our passions are the things that we like to do, the gifts that God has given us, sports, hobbies, craft, spiritual gifts. If you're not sure what you're passionate about this morning, you need to attend Life Track in February next year so we can do that with you. But notice that you're not called to reach every single person. God in his kindness has put boundaries around your life so that you can make a difference with the people in your world. You know, one of my passions is basketball. And uh, everybody, I was in the grand final last week and uh, we lost. Anyway, it was sad. It was sad. We lost by 10 points and we played a bad game, but, you know, whatever. Um, But I love basketball and I've played since I was a little girl. And I wouldn't say that I'm particularly great at it. I've never been coached. You know, I can do a little bit. But in my team, I play with ex-SBL players and we've even got an ex-Lynx player in the team. So Lynx is the the female version of the Wildcats in case you're wondering what Lynx is. So my team's pretty good and I'm the worst in the team by a long shot. And they're so kind to me. They let me keep rocking up every week. They let me sub on and... um, I'm sometimes even in the starting five. (laughs) But they let me play. And you know what? I love it so much. I look forward to my Thursday games every week. I get bruises and bunged up fingers all the time. But I love it. And you know what? I know that I'm there for more than a game. I know that I'm there for more than a game. There's another two or three Christians in the team and the rest aren't. And there's one girl in particular that... I've been able to come alongside and she's praying now and she's never prayed before. And I'm just doing kind things like we've got our wind up this week, we're going out for dinner together and I've offered to pay for her meal because I know that finances are tight. She's blown away by that gesture of kindness. She's like, you are so special. You are one in a million. You are my angel. I'm not special, but I've just decided in my life to make a difference. And you can do that too, through whatever it is that you do every week. We're called the super mums. We're working on getting that changed. Anyway, one of my team members suggested that we just be called the average mums. (laughs) Feels probably more real. Anyway, um, so, you know, maybe your passions are sustainability or looking after the environment. Or maybe your passions are about community, social justice. Um, maybe that just runs through your veins. Maybe it's wanting people to look their best or feel their best or, or have health in their bodies. Maybe um, it's good food. Maybe you want to help people exercise. Maybe it's helping the sick. Maybe it's working with children. Whatever is your passion in those natural boundaries, in those gifts that God has given you, that is where he is calling you, church, to make a difference. To make a difference. Number two, so the first thing we can do is we can identify our sphere of influence. The second thing we can do is meet people in their place of need. Meeting people in their place of need. Matthew 25, 34 to 40. I'm just going to read through this real quick. The king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. 
I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick and when were you in prison? But the king replied, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. And this should challenge us to our very soul. There's not one act of kindness that is unseen by God. Do you know that? He sees it all. When I was shopping for our Dream Team celebration for Friday night and I locked my keys in the car and I ended up with a trolley full of donuts at that moment and no bag and no phone and I had to run home with a trolley of 140 donuts. At that moment, I was laughing because I thought I could be angry right now. But instead, I'm making a difference in people's lives. I'm feeding them and they need donuts. So I was running down my street with a trolley full of donuts and I was happy about that because I thought, God is seeing this. He's seeing every act of kindness. And we had a moment. But we're called to meet needs. Our spirituality should be very practical. We can clothe people. We can give food to people. We can help people find shelter. We can give out Christmas gifts to the community around about us who don't have a lot of money. We can invest our time and energy into Serve Week when it comes up. We can minister to organisations who need love or a specific need. We can pray for people. We can visit friends and family who just need our time. Yesterday we signed forms to build a house with Peter Stannard and the guy just wouldn't leave. He just wanted to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and we were exhausted. But halfway through our conversation, I was like, this guy's lonely. Actually, this guy's lonely. So then I started asking him questions. Well, tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about your kids. Tell me about your life. And what was meant to be a half-hour appointment blew out to about two and a half hours because he just needed someone to talk to. We are called to meet need. We are called to meet need. Can you say that to the person next to you? We are called to meet need. What do you think the need of someone walking into this church for the first time would be? What would be their need? What do you think the need of someone who doesn't have enough money to put fuel in their car would be? What would that need be? It's not praying for them. What do you think the need of someone who had an illness might be? What would their need be? What do you think the need of someone who's just lost a loved one would be? What would it be? These aren't trick questions. They're designed for you to have a little think. What do you think the need of a single mum or a single dad might be? Because they're all around about us. And we don't want to just toss out some token response to people who are in need. Oh, I pray for you. Oh, I'm thinking of you. We're called church to meet need. And it doesn't have to be an expensive exercise. With money, it might be expensive with your time. But as we talked about in week one, helping people find life is never convenient. It doesn't ever come 
at the right time for us. It comes at God's right time. We need to be moved by compassion. And point three, everybody, is this. Point people to Jesus and his church. So number one, identify your sphere of influence. Number two, we exist to meet need. Number three, point people to Jesus and his church. And this is important. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty 30 says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And sometimes we mix that up. Sometimes we want to take people's burdens upon ourselves, And when we do that, we are no better than them because now we're all burdened and heavy walking around needing a saviour again. But we exist to point people to Jesus. And we serve in the name of Jesus. Not the name of Christy, not the name of Sally, not the name of Brad. We serve in the name of Jesus. I can share your burden with you, but I can't take it away. There's only one person who can take your burden away, and that is Jesus. Now, we need to be careful that we're not saving people in our own strength. Now, when that happens, that gets weird, that gets complicated, that gets awkward. Here's some key words to describe that process. Codependency. Burnout. Manipulation, control, domination. That's weird. You don't want to do that. You want to help people, but you want to point them to Jesus because he's the only one who has the answer for, our, for what we really need, that life. We need to become God-dependent, not man-dependent. We also need to point people to Jesus' church. And I know that the church cops a bad rap sometimes and there's lots of people around about going, yeah, we don't go to church anymore because they did some bad things to me. And so we don't see the need. But Jesus said, I'm building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He's still invested in his church. The local church is still the hope of the world, even though they're imperfect and they make mistakes. And Oasis will make mistakes. We probably have made a lot already. In fact, not probably. We really have. But Psalm 92, 12 to 15 says this, But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age... Will they still produce fruit and they will remain vital and green? You know, palm trees all through the Bible are a symbol of health. And people we've been loving and serving grow healthy and strong in the house of God. That's how the kingdom of God advances. When we're planted, we become healthy. We flourish like palm trees. Because we're not here about who we can convert. We're here about who we can love, who we can love. So here's some things how you can make a difference in the house of God. You can lead a small group to make a difference. 
Now, if that sounds scary to you, we've actually, we're actually going to, we're slowly trying to change the name. We have to get it in our own heads that we're facilitating small groups. We're small group facilitators. That's something you can do to make a difference. You can participate in the dream team here at Oasis Church to make a difference. You can join in the community endeavours led by Brad and Beck to help make a difference. And we're going to hear about that next week, what our pop-up Christmas shop did for our community. You can join the youth team and go out for ice cream at Macca's. It's only 50 cents. You can serve in our kids' team, help make a real difference in their lives. Come on, church. Do you know one of our new families here at Oasis... um, The daughter, she made a decision for Jesus Christ a few weeks ago. We celebrate that. Come on, we celebrate that. We're making a difference. Okay, I need to finish. I need to finish. I've got to skip. I'll finish on this little story of mine. You know, I became a Christian when I was 19 and... It was revolutionary for my life. It was from black to white. It was an amazing encounter. But I loved Jesus from that moment. Um, And loving people came a little later for me. People used to just annoy me. I used to just get angry with people. And, you know, I just wanted to push people out of the way in the shopping centre when they were annoying me. And I was the one tooting up the freeway when people wouldn't move into the left lane and, you know, that was me. People annoyed me. I was impatient. I'm still impatient but I'm getting better. But one night we were sitting with a small group of friends and um, one person was going around sort of praying for a few people and I was like, oh, great, I'm going to get a prophetic word. This is going to be awesome. And this person (laughs) um, prayed for me and he said... um, and this is not how we prophesy, church. But he said, Christy, you're like a clanging cymbal. <laughs> you don't love people. Well, that was embarrassing, everybody, because there's about 10 other people who just were like, <laughs> I was horrified, horrified. And I needed to do some forgiveness after that. But listen. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels. How fun is that? Angels have a language. But didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. That scripture goes on to talk about you could give your body to be burnt. You could give everything that you have to the poor. But if you have not love, You are nothing. And so my challenge for you this morning, and I want to pray for you this morning, is that have you fell out of love with others? Because the great command is to love the Lord your God and to love others. Have we fallen out of love with others? Or have we never been in love with others? Have we just been like unsanctified Christy Blakey who is slowly coming good? It will take the rest of my life to learn to love people well. But at that moment in my life, I repented. 
And I cried and I wept for days and I decided to make up my New Year's resolution that following year to learn to love people. And God gave me many difficult and challenging opportunities to learn how to do that. But I knew that that's what he was calling me to. And in fact, what he's calling all of you to is to love others in a deeper way, in a richer way, in a more practical way to actually have a mind not just for ourselves and for our own needs, but to have a mind and a care and a heart and a love for others, for others. So the question's got to be asked, are you a clanging cymbal? Are you a noisy gong? They're not pretty sounds something like the recorder when the year four class are learning to play. It's not a pretty sound. It really hurts the ears. So come on, ask yourself the question this morning. Am I a clanging cymbal? Am I a noisy gong? Because it's time to think about how you can meet the needs of others, how you can make a difference in your world. So why don't we just close our eyes right now? Come on, holy moment. Holy moment. Ask the Holy Spirit. Am I a clanging symbol? He'll let you know. While every eye is closed today and every head is bowed, I just want to challenge you. If you need to fall in love with people again, or if you need to fall in love with them for the first time, I want you to lift your hand right now. I want you to fess up, own up. God sees it anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, keep them coming. Be honest. Okay, let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for the vision that you've planted in our hearts for this beautiful church find life, to grow, and to make a difference. And Father, this morning where we have been all about your presence and loving you, but we've neglected to love people, convict us today, challenge us today. Give us a heart, Lord, once more for people. We wouldn't rush through our own lives at the cost of not meeting needs, the Great Commission. Lord, give us eyes to see. Lord, give us ears to hear. Just like that gentle whisper 
that you whispered into my heart yesterday to say that that guy was lonely and to give him some time. God, please help us to hear. Please help us to see. Just a bit more time. Please help us to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Help us to look around about us and to meet practical needs. Help us to know how to meet those needs. Lord, let us not be people who offer up token Christian catchphrases. I'll pray for you. Unless we're really going to do it. Let us be people of depth. Let us be people of love. Let us be marked. Let Oasis Church be marked as one who loves people deeply and who make a difference.